so uh sorry I'm late guys. I, I had some uh technical difficulties with my computer. So hmm. ah, <laughs> indeed. Ah, Definitely wasn't me playing Animal Crossing or Doom Eternal instead of getting on the podcast. I could nope. have sworn someone was a professional. <sighs> And was uh, always fully aware of their setups. This is the most <laughs> embarrassing one I've ever gotten, in all honesty. Uh, so I've, I'm working with two monitors lately because of working from home, and I didn't turn one of my monitors on, and that's the one I stick Discord on when I'm working. And normally it just kind of kicks whatever's on that monitor over. Not so with Discord, apparently. I rebooted my computer like four times trying to figure out what the was going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. could, I'm just I, what I'm just curious about is you didn't notice one monitor wasn't on. No, no, I intentionally left it off. Like I run it vertical because I put all my tool palettes for AutoCAD on it, so it's not like ah. useful for day to day life. Really, like it now it has Discord and our Audacity recording session on it because it's on. Might as fucking well use it. But typically, I don't turn it on if I don't need to. Like it's. It'd be kind of like setting up an easel every time you wanted to sit in a chair. It's just not worth it in my mind because almost everything lives on the main monitor. But mm-hmm. apparently I was wrong this time. Well done. Mm. <laughs> I'm just mm. thinking, Do like... I feel like an idiot? Yes. Am I really glad this was the problem? Also, yes. Because I'm like, oh no, I'm not supposed to leave the house to go buy RAM. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it blindsided you. You've only done this podcast 195 times. I don't know how you count this. We're over 200 if all like our side episodes and all that shit's to be counted at this point. Yeah, no, I... Okay, <sighs> see, 195, I could have forgiven you. But over 200? Okay, now you're pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. I, I, I admit, Alex, I, I'm for shamed this time. I take back everything me and I've ever said about Jeff. Not you. It's all warranted in your case. But Jeff and Henry, I apologize. Alex, go fuck yourself still. That's fine. It's okay. You can always call me for tech support, Charlie. Cast episode 195. The whole gang is here. Uh, the, the whole bonanza. The troop. The the uh, the gang. The cohort, Dude, if you will. That's trio. A trio. The cohort. The, the, the dudes. I don't know. We're all here, though. How many people do you think you have to have to be a mob? I'm thinking at least seven. Yeah. Possibly like I, 20. I would go with like 10. 10 is a nice size, nice round number for a mob. I think think if that's like a, no, you're right. That's, that's a mob at that point, potentially. Like I'm, I I think of that as like a gang, like 10 people is like a gang at that point. Like you can flip a car. Yeah, I think. All right. So I think we, there's actually a visual perception thing with this. You can only track so many things at the same time with your, with your brain. And once it gets beyond that, I think that's when it becomes a mob. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like 12, once you, then, if that's once the you can track the individual, it becomes a mob. That makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, which I think should be over 12, because I think 12 is the most things you can track up in your head before it kind of blurs out a bit. <clears throat> yeah. Have you seen, have you ever watched, there's like this one video kind of a test thing that they've done where it's like, 
some bunch of people are sort of dribbling basketballs and a sort of somebody like dressed in some weird costume just runs through them and he won't notice that person. Like so I noticed that person, but I also it'd be like, <laughs> you should pay attention to the basketballs. No. Just fucking no. But it's just it was just basically utilizing the fact that it's like you your brain can only focus on so many oh, yeah, things no, at the same it's, time. Yeah, it's um a bunch a backlight course from magician. A lot of magician tricks are pulled that way where Absolutely you do a lot of stuff where it's like, look at this very obvious fucking thing. And we'll put a fat dude in a black suit to walk on stage, just grab the thing out of the magician's hand, and you won't notice because people are stupid. Yep, yeah. we can only track so many things at the same time. And that's why magicians are supposed to be really good at misdirection, because there's not 12 things distracting you at once, so... Yeah. That's why there were lots of white gloves. White gloves pull attention. Yep. <clears throat> really? But a lot, yeah. but a lot of... But a, oh. I mean, but I... Like the stuff that I know how to do, I don't wear gloves at all. I don't even have sleeves. Oh no, yeah, that's probably the close-up magic stuff. That's like coin tricks oh, yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah, um, like I the do. big stage I... shows. Uh, yeah. Most magicians wear white gloves, and also it's on a black background, so the gloves just fucking pop. And they yep. pull. Pop, and and they, they usually dress mostly in black yep. too. It's very common to dress in dark colors. Them glasses pull. Uh, not glasses. Those gloves pull focus. But also, like, dark clothing holds, you know, can, you know, there's just many different reasons for the dark yeah. clothing. But yeah, um, I do a little bit of close-up magic, too, so I, I know a little bit about that. This does not surprise me. No, no, that came out meaner than I intended to. This does not surprise <laughs> me? No, I can't say that in a nice way. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Yer, that sounds more accurate. <laughs> yes, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 195. Uh... Yep. I'm Charlie. The guy that issue was talking is Alex, and Henry is a magician, apparently. Don't trust <laughs> him. He's full of lies, that means, and rabbits, and doves. The least trustworthy of birds. <laughs> the least trustworthy of birds? What? You know, a dove's just an albino pigeon, basically, right? Yeah. I did not know that. Actually. Yeah, it's doves are only special because they're. A, not all doves are white. Like a bunch of them kind of come in like disgusting brown sand colors and are just like flying rats like pigeons are. Yep. Before we get a bunch of listener mail about this, no pigeons are not all pigeons are doves, but doves are very closely related to pigeons, and many doves in nature just take the place of pigeons in the places they are, and they suck. <laughs> Hence why doves are the least trustworthy of birds. Hmm. See, while geese are just sort of jerks, yeah, they, it's it's a little different with geese the are the pigeons. frat bros of birds. They just honk and just hiss Shit on your lawn. They hiss, eat your food. They, they hiss at you like freaking snakes. Yeah, they have teeth too. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> Not to start this podcast off in the worst way possible, we've talked about their corkscrew genitalia with you before, right, Alex? Oh, yeah. The internet's already informed you of this fact, right? Yes. Okay, cool. We don't have to go into that, then. We don't have to do that podcast. Uh, Greetings from uh, social distancing, shelter-at-home, self-quarantining, week one, or end of week one of... Uh, the the COVID-19 outbreak in the U.S. Uh, we are all here on this podcast, obviously. I think we're all fine physically, mentally. We're all probably a little... 
but that's a separate topic. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing in in some sense that we already record this podcast separately. I mean, yeah. we kind of already revealed that magic last episode. We're just all sitting here in, like, Bane-style masks, just like, your punishment must be more severe for breaking social distancing. Yep. <laughs> but, yep, uh, so, yep, we're still going to be putting this out, as always, because, yeah, we're... <laughs> Uh, what we're doing allows us to do this. Hopefully so. this podcast brings you an hour or two of levity in these dark times. Um, we've got a good show planned for you. This We're going to talk about Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal and Fantasy Star Online and uh, the Resident Evil demo. And I'm sure the other guys will have something to talk about, too. That's all I have planned. <laughs> Should we get to it? I sure. think so. Yeah. I, I suspect I have the most to talk about this week, so I, should I go first? Go ahead. Sure, you sound really excited about it. I'm really excited. I played a shit ton of video games this week. I, that's, that's the one good thing of Shelter at Home. You get to play a lot of games. Uh, but I guess we'll start off with the most important thing that happened this week in some ways. If you missed it, uh, the Dropkick Murphys have had a long-standing tradition of doing our St. Patrick's Day live show for a variety of very smart reasons. They did not do that in the traditional way this year. They live-streamed it, and I... I think we've established definitely back in the Jeff days that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this band. I've been following them for the majority of my life at this point, I think, is probably a pretty accurate measure. Like, the, the band is starting to turn 50 and all that jazz, and I think if you, like, rewind back to, like, 13-year-old me, it's like, yeah, no, I knew who the Dropkick Murphys were and was following them. Like, this is a band I snuck into bars when I was growing up just to see, like, not to drink, just to see them back when they were, like, a local Boston bar band, and Cool. Yeah, I, they have done kind of their trajectory has always been kind of a fun one to follow. They're definitely kind of it's they're they they're a local band that never kind of lost their local band vibe to it, I guess. And, and Tuesday, yeah, I think it was Tuesday when they played. Shit was pretty fucking bleak in my book. And I'm not saying they did anything to like fix the world or something, but it was a nice little hour and a half, two hours of just kind of some hope, if you will, and they put on a hell of a show. Like that, that, To put my special connection to this band in perspective, uh, a bunch of years back when the Boston bombing happened, they were on tour, and I think like literally the day after they were scheduled to perform in LA, and I had tickets to see them, and uh, they, they got on stage and were kind of like, yo, um, we're going to play a bunch of songs we typically don't play outside of Boston, of the Boston area, because like they're the songs for the home crowd, and, well, we just kind of want to play them right now because, like, some shit went down where we heard where we're from. You may have heard of it, and I, 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 I'm still trying to figure out if I think that show or the one they did via live stream to no one but their streaming crew, I think, are more special shows to me. Like, it's, they're, they're not their best shows, but I think they're, like, it's... Ever been to a band show that was, like, powerful where it's, like, we're doing this because we have to, not because, like, hey, we're a band. Like, it's like, no, no, we're trying to say something or do something here kind of thing. Like, it's not just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, definitely yeah. I have. Both shows kind of have that thing to them, at least as, a, as an improper Bostonian, the fact that that band is like, no, yeah, we're we're here with this. Like, every time we take a break, we're going to flash the fucking stay-at-home, wash your motherfucking hands, but also, we're going to put on a punk rock show for you for St. Patrick's Day, because... Yeah, it's what we do, and I be safe, but also 
don't stop living to a certain extent. Like we, we understand this is a big thing to a bunch of y'all out there. And I probably yeah. the show's done real well for them. Like they had a good sense of humor about it. They made shirts that were like, st- they're just streaming up from Boston. They're just making fun of, they're like, not even a virus could stop us from playing St. Patrick's day in complete <laughs> isolation with no fans. <laughs> no. And, and the band was out there joking. They're like, you have to understand it's super cool. That, like, I think, um, Penga, Pegas, the company that kind of set them up with this, and they handle streaming, I'm assuming, given how this thing was set up, but basically they're like, we were prepared to just do this on an iPhone. It's super mm-hmm. cool. People were like, yo, we can give you an actual stage and shit. And that's who the band nice. is. Like, they would have done it on an iPhone. They'd be like, yeah, we put an iPhone on this tripod and then played a set. The sound was terrible, but I'd been like, yeah, I'd have watched that too, probably. <laughs> that's just who the band is. But that's enough sappy bullshit out of me. I, I have some actual gaming news or gaming stuff to talk about aside for sheltering at home and all that jazz. Uh, if you're involved in that right now, good. Uh, keep on you. It sucks, but uh, keep up the good work. Ah, but the games. Uh, so we'll start off with tabletop stuff. I have, My Starfinder game has officially moved to Roll20. If you are looking for a way to game and try want to try something new, I highly recommend Roll Twenty. Like, uh, we are gonna uh, we as in the three people on this podcast plus one of my coworkers that's wanted me to GM for him for a little bit are gonna actually get something up and running between now and next podcast. We may or may not record it. I don't know yet, but we'll definitely have more to talk about next week. We're gonna be playing Tales from the uh, Tales from the Loop. Sorry, Flood is the '90s, which you can die in. But you can't die in Tales from the Loop. I'm not allowed to kill your characters, guys. Yep, I read that. Well, shouts. That's why we're going to the 90s one, where things get edgy and hardcore and dangerous. Will there yeah. be Will there be Nirvana? Mm-hmm. Yes, but that you we're not doing that first. can't pull me into the 90s first. without Pooh Nirvana. No, no, I'm going to act like Nirvana didn't happen in this universe. Wow, what kind of fucking timeline is this shit? One where Kurt Cobain's well, then we don't get. Well, then we don't get Foo Fighters either. Yeah, what? I'm just hearing good things about this timeline I created. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All whoa. right. I'm, I'm all right with the Nirvana hits, but Foo <laughs> Fighters are awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. As well as, like, we won't get, wouldn't get them Crooked Vultures, which is the band he did. I don't think grunge happened in the timeline I'm envisioning. Can we, you know what? Just forget it. I don't even want to play anymore. <laughs> Disco never died in the timeline I'm imagining. All right, okay. it's even worse now. All right, now... now... Okay, you lost me for a second, but now you're bringing me back in a bit. Go on. Tell me more about this Disco. Has it evolved any by any chance it's some retro wave? No, no, in it. fact, it's continued exactly as it was, because I don't know enough about Disco to have any thoughts on it. I, all I know is ABBA, and that's all you have to know. Fair. Is the Maya He Guy Disco, or is that just some weird modern bullshit? Is the what? That's guy? weird. My like modern. Okay. Bullshit. It's all that. That's all music. That's all. Just the my uh, he. My yeah, that's uh, not. Yeah, that's not disco. Yeah. No. Your perception of what disco is is very skewed. Metalhead that's younger than both of you. Yeah. You know I'll get you a disco podcast. I'm okay. Not. Playlist. No, I'm. I'm good. Uh, don't worry. I'll just, I'll I'll just send you a bunch of ABBA, and that yeah. should do it. I've seen Mama Mia. I know ABBA. Staying alive? BGs? BGs, yep. Uh, my musical knowledge kind of starts at Sex Pistols and doesn't exist for a chunk of time. 
Yeah, we can just get rid of all that and let's get you doing some beaches. <laughs> yep. The who? Yeah. Sure. No, no, who? I'm sure. asking who. Who's the who's this band you mentioned? The, the who? who. Not spelled H U because they're fantastic. The Who spelled W H O also don't exist in this timeline. See, this is like the worst timeline. You're, you're or the best. Well, without, you know, like the Who, we basically wouldn't have loud rock. So you've basically also erased heavy metal. But mm. heavy metal never dies. It can't die if it never lived in your timeline. It's timelineless. It happens no matter what. It's a constant. Mm, no. I know. I, I, let, let, let's talk about this him. next week after we play a game. How about we're, we're getting way in the weeds about just some jokes I'm making offhanded right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who keep track of things, um, the, the hate date should have occurred this past week between me and my wife. Uh, those who don't know what that is, that's the one time a year the Kings play the Bruins in LA so we can go see them. Obviously, seeing as the NHL season was canceled, that did not happen. They just they they, they yeah. so they just declared a statewide quarantine that night. So the ultimate of hate dates, if you will, we're gonna lock yeah. you two in a house and see if you survive. <laughs> but that's all. Well, how'd it go? Uh, so far, we're both alive. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering <laughs> if you're gonna do something like you had, like if you because you have like one of those game passes. Like I don't know yeah. if you installed. NHL 2020 or 2019? I contemplated doing that and then remembered my wife is garbage at video games and... Well, no. Uh, what you do is you set it both to max level AI for each one and watch I it I did out. not think of that at the time in all honesty. Yeah. I should have done that. That would have been fun. Yeah. Because then you guys could have both spectated it and just mm-hmm. talk shit to each other while I, the AI played it all out. That, that is some thinking I didn't have at the time. Like I, <laughs> Yeah. I, I was just concerned that my whooping her ass in that game would be considered domestic abuse or something. The beating would be so severe. That's why I shied <laughs> away from it. What, one of the t- Twitch channels I've been watching has been doing a yeah. tec- Tecmo Super Bowl, like just playing on AI, basically, full no, AI. Yeah, now that you've mentioned like this, seasons. I kind of want to do this. Uh, it's yeah. simulated via NHL 2020 rest yeah. of the season. Dude. Hate day two, electric boogaloo. Let's do this. I, maybe an update on this next week. Maybe. <laughs> I like this idea a lot more I'm than I should. I'm trying to keep the tradition alive for you, Charlie. I, yeah. No, that's... Uh, but uh, on to actual video games, I guess. I, I've played some video games. Um, I, I think I'm tapping out of Season of the Worthy for a little bit in Destiny 2, mostly because there's other things I'd rather be playing right now. i I think Henry will have more thoughts on this later, but I'm going to kind of sip my thoughts, and I'm not having a lot of fun in that season. But that means I get to play a lot of Gambit because I don't give a fuck about that season. Really? <laughs> I think it's going somewhere. It's taking too long to get there, but yeah, I think I saw this is on Henry's list, so I'll leave that at that, and we'll talk about it as part of his week. Because <laughs> I have actual new games to talk about. Uh, so I played the Resident Evil 3 remake demo, and... Yeah, that game's potentially going to be real good. They did a great job with the other two remakes, to be honest. I mean, just really fantastic. They, they, it still feels, you know, has a good feel for the horror and stuff, but it's updated where it controls like a modern game. Yeah, and this one is, and so I know a lot of people were a little concerned given kind of how two had a more persistent Mr. X who followed you and stuff like that. It's like, hey, it's the nemesis trick. And 
I, I feel very confident in saying like Nemesis in three. Like I, I was thinking about this last night after I played the demo a second time for this podcast, and where Mister X in Resident Evil Two is kind of he wants you dead. He's there to encumber you and be a pain in the ass. Nemesis is this dude that's been obsessed with you since like middle school who's like gone through all the crazy serial killer stuff where it's like I'm gonna kill this person but I'm gonna take every Mr. X hates you Nemesis has been nursing a murder boner for your skull for like the better part of three decades and finally it's time for the high school reunion and it's like tonight's the night I get my revenge and it feels great. Like it's the, the nemesis is pure hatred for you as an enemy just comes through in this demo. I, it's, it's all I want from Resident Evil three at this point where it's like, I don't know. I want to feel as though nemesis is like, yeah, I'm here to burn the city to the ground, but you motherfucker. You. <laughs> so he's basically like a uh, pro wrestler. Yeah, a little bit. And that, that's kind of always like <laughs> nemesis is totally a pro wrestler. Like, down to what Nemesis does. Like, it's like I could shoot you, or I could have a flamethrower. Flamethrower, of course. <laughs> could I kill you right now? Absolutely. But I'm going to be dramatic about it. Do the hand to the ear, which I don't have any of because Nemesis. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super excited about that game. Maybe don't play that during a big uh, virus outbreak, but that's a separate topic. Yeah. <laughs> It it does not help with the bleak vibe of the reality I'm living in right now, uh, but uh, on the opposite end of that spectrum, the Final Fan uh, the Final Fantasy uh, the Fantasy Star Online two open beta is happening on Xbox, which means I feel comfortable, you know, actually talking about that game this time around. Uh, it's real weird talking about Fantasy Star in the modern era when that game was like what eight nine years old at this point. Yep. Yeah, like it's so. Those who aren't familiar with this, it's basically the fantasy star you know from the GameCube. Yes, the GameCube, but with faster combat and air combos and kind of like a almost more of a Dynasty Warriors pacing the combat. Some like it's it's very action forward. I guess that's what I've always liked about it. And uh, playing this just kind of further makes me go, why could I never get into Terra? No, seriously, mm. why couldn't I get into Terra? Hmm. Is that sounds like a lot like Terra? Yeah, I, the combat is very similar. I think maybe the difference is like you can you have three weapons at once. You can change between the classes hmm. are. So the classes are what the classes are. You have your melee. You have your gunner class. You have your mage class. You have your weird edge lord cat class. You have your I don't want to be social. But I want the memes class. Aka anything with a pet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you got all that stuff and then kind of like maybe your class variety comes from so you can secondary class which is cool which is a whole separate topic mm. kind of I'm not, I'm not doing it justice but a, a big part of how your class plays is then tied to what species you are and I know that mm. sounds like a weird thing but it's not in this franchise like a, the whole robot species the um not frames the uh Packs? I'm blanking on their name. Packs, something like that. I, they don't have magic, but humans and the cat-eared yeah. people, or whatever they're called, do. And 
Like if you're playing yeah. the same class plays very differently depending on what species you are. Like on the the demons or dehumans or whatever demons, uh, the edge lord species, because you're crawling <laughs> in your skin. And this game came out when that was a thing people still did. They have like shit defense stats, but like unbelievably high attack stats. So them in a melee class plays. Even though the weapons will be the same, they'll do way more damage, but also like they're glass tanking it. I, I'm playing my human. I, I got my uh, combat uh, bondage gear because fantasy fucking star, of course. And yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with that beta. I, I think my plan is to play that on PC ultimately, but also that game has like every crossplay on the face of the planet in Japan. So I'm hoping that carries over to the US because mm. it's free to play technically, but also the Xbox Game Pass feed-in for that thing is like dumb good, and I kind of would rather keep that maybe going than buy a subscription through PC, because like for 14 bucks a month, I'd get Game Pass, Gold, and Fantasy Star Online subscription, which sounds pretty fucking good in my book. But, yeah, it's... If you have been curious about this game, been looking for kind of a console MMO or an action MMO and have access to this game via Xbox, go check it out. It's open right now. It's free. It's you just have to have it online to play it, obviously, given the online in its name. It is still for a nine-year-old game, nine-year for an old-ass game by MMO standards that looks kind of like ass a little bit. Just so much fun to play. It's grindy as fuck, but like I forgot how good the combat for this game is. I have a lot of fun playing it. I have to say, I like the whole colorful visuals. Oh, it's I mean, so that's, bright, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about it. It's not sort of bleak techno future. Oh, yeah, it's no, I'm walking around. Brightly like, colored. Uh, brightly colored techno future. I'm walking around right now because I'm a fetishist, apparently, uh, being a hunter, which is the uh, main melee class in essentially like armored corsets and stuff i fucking hate that part of the franchise but it's like all right i, I didn't want to be a prude but that means i have to go fully bondage <laughs> yeah bring Hell me my yeah. armor thong yep oh Jap japanese mmos yep like i'm only in the beta and i'm like is there like a modesty thing i can buy like a coat or something anything the answer nope. is yeah but oh this whole constant outwear in the game. Yeah, it's like, where's my trench coat? Because I need a trench coat to complete my pervert outfit. <laughs> yeah. But on the games I've been released in the last uh, week or so, as opposed to the last 10 years, uh, I've been playing Let's Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing, uh, kind of a, a, in complement to each other, if you will. And complement each other, they do play well. Uh, we'll start with Doom, because I have, I guess, more to say about Doom in some ways. Uh, so I'm first off, I'm having a lot of fun playing Doom Eternal. It is cathartic. It is exactly what I need right now, given everything going on in the world. It's a really good shooter. I don't think it's as good of a game as Doom 2016 New Doom was for uh, for kind of weird reasons. I, it's the game has gotten more complicated. So uh, those who remember kind of the combat from Doom. 2016 you had your guns you had your grenades and you had your finishing moves and that was kind of it so this time around so and you're and, and a chainsaw and the kind of the loop was you chainsawed stuff you got ammo you glory killed stuff you got health that was the loop you'd find armor occasionally this game adds uh 
shoulder-mounted flamethrower to the mix, and I personally think that maybe goes a tad too far. So, uh, chainsaw is no longer a weapon. It's now kind of a quick press where you whip out your chainsaw and just chainsaw dudes real quick. Like, it's been relegated down to kind of the way the glory kill system is. It's, for all purposes, kind of feels like a fancy, empowered melee ability, except you have to have gas for it. The flamethrower is the same thing where it's a quick button press and you fucking flip shoot flames from your shoulder the way the grenades just kind of pop out as well it's that's not my complaint i guess like it's you're now very actively balancing glory kills armor burn and chainsaw moments and i think it's it's a little bit much to handle i think the perfect balance was kind of ammo and health the armor stuff is neat except for the fact that holy shit does this game assume you were keeping that armor stuff just Full in a way that I think's a bit unfair. I you get it about a you get it about kind of an hour into the game, which I think is good. It gets used to the other systems first, but it is so crucial to how that game is played on hardcore. Or I am playing on the second hardest difficulty. I'm not on like ultra violence. I'm on like hard violence or whatever. And the difference between hard and normal because I, I I dropped down to normal to a Slayer Gate because yeah Slayer Gate because I. Just couldn't get through it, and I wanted to kind of progress that thing. And the game does not punish you for that. The game encourages you to kind of push your limits. I've been playing the majority of it on hardcore because that's its doom, and I think you should play Doom on kind of the hardest difficulty you can. Because when you beat a set, when you beat a arena, you feel like a fucking badass. But it's definitely frustrating because this game is really into you using that armor, and I don't think that works as well as it did. I. I don't know if I'm being super negative. I'm having a lot of fun with the game. Like, the game is that Doom 2016 fun to play. Like, it is ridiculous and over the top. When you beat a combat arena, you're like, fuck yeah, I did, motherfuckers. But it, it lacks, I think, some of the charm 2016 Doom had. Like, I, I, I know I'm the biggest of the 2016 Doom fans on this podcast, but, like, when that thing came out, I was going in going, like, this game looks like ass. Like, it was this word-of-mouth thing of, yo, have you played New Doom? No? Should I? Yeah, you should. And, like, New Doom started off with, you wake up in a coffin because you were the angriest dude in hell, and the demons put you there. This game starts you off in Castle Doom. The Doom guy's orbital castle thing around Earth, and the earth has a giant pentagram on it and I, I feel like I want to play the game that happened between New Doom and Doom Eternal where I want to play Doom Eternal like it's the joy of Doom of Doom of New Doom was the plot is we gotta stop these demons and you're just the angriest dude and Samuel Hayden is talking in your ear the entire time being like no we need this argent energy stop it you're an idiot no 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 and the game like had this People being like, in case of demonic incursion, please accept our deepest apologies. That charm is in this game too, but because it's it's a much bigger scale. Like you literally have a stronghold. You have Castle Doom, like a, a thing ripped directly from the uh, from the Warhammer 40k verse. It's a giant space station made to look like a castle made out of like rock and stone. The Doom guy lives there, and you go down, he's got, like, a fucking PC gamer lair with a 
80s, 90s computer and also like a battle station with three computers and like four doom ass guitars on the wall. I'm learning the doom guy, maybe a neck beard or something like that. Like it's that's all I've learned from his living establishments. I'm kind of concerned about that aspect of it. I've I, it's weird. Like the, the game itself is still fun as fuck to play, and I'm having a blast playing it. it. Just kind of like some of the charm that made me love Doom 2016, which just it was like the Doom guy was angry, and he's still angry, and he's gonna stop them demons, and that's it. Like this game almost has too much plot going on. Like <laughs> I, it's getting in the way of the pureness that was Doom 2016, which was just. You see the demons, you murderize those demons. What if I, you murderize those demons? What if I, no, you're missing the point. I, I got, you mentioned you've heard some stuff, Henry. I guess like, it's just lining up with some of the stuff you've been hearing from people. Yeah, it's like the new mechanics. People aren't a fan of some of the newer mechanics, like sort of the air combo type things. Yeah, and the such. air dodging is weird. I don't even have the super shot or the grappling hook you get for the super shot yet. I, there is a lot of first-person jumping in this game, and... I'm not a fan of that at all. Yeah, me neither. I don't think it's particularly good, and, like, it's not just, like, jump over this ditch. It's like, yo, do this falling platform through these flaming chains platform jumping. I... I... It's neat, but, like, the fucking Doom guy can wall run now, kind of. That feels wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, like, I've only played one FPS. I feel like that was actually a decent platformer. And you can probably guess what that one is. I'm guessing Mirror's Edge or Brink. Yeah, Mirror's Edge. I mean, because that actually played pretty easily. Like, the parkour, yeah. the, the sort of platforming in that game is actually kind of natural. It felt actually pretty good. I can't say that about literally any other game that requires platforming. Looking at you, Destiny 2, don't don't put platforming bullshit into a game. It's dumb if you don't have anything, any reasonable good mechanics for it. So, but anyway. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I, I really loved how it, it's... It's almost like the writers for Doom Eternal read too much of the, like, reaction to Doom 2016. Because Doom 2016 was ridiculous. Where you go to hell that first time, and you get the story of how the Doom, uh, how the demons view the Doom guy, the, the Doom Marine. It's just like, no, no, to him, to them, he's this invading demon that's just murdering them left and right, and... This game tries to play with the idea of, like, no, there's angels in this universe, and they're kind of dicks, and, like, other stuff. Like, no, I'm okay with just, like, this is the angriest dude ever, and by, like, the power of killing so many demons, he now has, like, mild superpowers. That's fine. That's all the explanation. No, we're sending you to Space Asgard. I, I, I don't want to go to Space <laughs> Asgard. I, I really don't. That sounds dumb. Uh, it's Space Asgard? What the fuck? Ew. Which is already done with Thor. But, yeah, like, you know. there, there's a race introduced in Doom Eternal that, like, based on what I put together so far, they are essentially humans, except they kind of got, like, a Viking trapping going on, and I'm not sure if they made a deal with the demons or, like, something happened. Like, I haven't gotten to that part of it yet, but, like, 
at some point the doom marine got like captured by these dudes just like murdering demons like yo this guy murders demons real cool let's give him some new armor or something and like teach him in the ways of the uh, ours or whatever i I don't uh, fucking know. Like, sounds I, like they've been they watched Thor the Thor movies and then decided to shoehorn it in. It, yeah, a bunch of this stuff feels like that. Like it's for those who've not played Doom 2016, that entire game minus the sections where you're in hell takes place on in Ascension oil rig. Like it's a giant Argent Energy demon portal oil rig that takes place in a power plant kind of thing. And I think that's part of the charm of that game where it's like you're, you have a centralized location. Things feel consistent in this game. I have been to hell space Viking land, uh, demon infested earth, the doom castle, castle doom, whatever the fuck it's called. And it, it lacks a cohesion, I guess I, especially cause castle doom is obviously like stolen demon technology or something. I, it's, I, I don't know. Like it feels like they're building up to the Doom Slayer talking at some point, and I don't want that. Like I, it's other no. little, it, yeah. It's dim, it's it's dumb details like the fact that the Doom Slayer's armor now exposes skin, and they've like they make a point of like he's suiting up at the start of the game, and you see like the sides of his face, and part of me goes. I didn't need to know the Doom Slayer was white. Like I, I kind of like the ambiguous, like it's a dude in power armorness of Doom 2016. There was to be a fair, funness. we already we already knew that if you've yes. played any of the Doom games, we oh, yeah, saw no. a front a yeah, head-on picture of him. Yeah, it's more like this one like tries to humanize him. I'm like, no, no, I'm okay with like me being just like a skeleton at this point in power armor, kept sentient by my hatred of demons. I don't need this humanized. You're missing the fun of Doom Guy. He also, yep. like Shax, does not take off the helmet. <laughs> like he's in a bathtub in full power armor, just like, gotta get clean. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing they never did with the you know, Halo guy, yeah. with Master Chief. He, You never ever saw him outside of his armor yeah, and, or and the even books just talked about face or yeah. anything. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, in the games, they never ever even thought about doing any sort of teasing of a reveal. They're just like, it's the Master Chief. Yeah, and a lot of this game, I think, to its detriment, revolves around like revealing the story of the Doom Guy. And I'm like, I don't need this. I, I need like Samuel Hayden back being like, don't you destroy that portal? I need that to keep making energy. And you'd be like, I'm gonna destroy that portal. And you're like, and him going, oh, you fucking idiot, you. You caveman, you don't get it. And you're like, it's demons, I kill demons. But <laughs> never saying any of that. Just like angrily punching monitors and maliciously loading shotguns. And yeah, I, yep. The, the game, I've not had like that, that opening moment from Doom 2016 where like you wake up in a coffin, smash a demon head, put on your armor, go kill a room full of imps with a shotgun. Get in, a, get in an elevator, Samuel Hayden goes, we can help you, and then you murder a monitor because it's annoying, and, it, and then it slams to the Doom logo. There isn't that moment in this game, and I think, like, it's really missing that, I guess. Like, that, that's, that's what I loved about Doom 2016, and, like, it's weird because I the combat in the arenas are there. Like, the, the awesome feeling of beating a hard combat arena, you're like, fuck yeah, I did! 
Like it's that's still there. It's just kind of a little bit mired with the extra systems and air dashing and double jumping from the start and weirdness. I I've never wanted to have regenerating health in all of Doom 2016. I kind of want an overshield. I want to. I want a regenerating something. Like the combat is getting, and like it's like, oh, use your flamethrower to get the armor. Yeah, that system isn't good. It's a little much. Like the purity of murder things, get their health, murder more things, keep it going, is tainted in this game, and I think that's detriment. It's still a yeah. hell of a game, though. Yeah, it sounds like they tried to squeeze too much yeah. into what. When you have an ascent, the essences of a good game doesn't mean you need to just jack stuff onto it for the sequel. It means maybe you just refine it instead of adding to it. Yeah, adding too I, much to it. Not to say you can't the, add to it, but yeah, yeah. And but like it's it's there's too much, I guess. Like there's, there's too many characters to keep track of. Like it, again, in Doom 2016, you talk to Samuel Hayden and that crazy cult lady who was like. I'm going to summon these demons and the doom guy. Those were the people you interacted with. And also like the badass demon voice that told you the lore of the doom slayer that those were the only four speaking things. Like, yeah, there was monitors talking and they're like weird flashbacks and stuff, but like, that was it. That was the story. That's how it was conveyed. And the entire time Samuel Hayden was going, yo, you don't have to do this <laughs> idiot. There's too many talking people. There's too many like, oh, we'll come back to that plot point later. Here's a glowing wolf moment in this game. And I think it suffers for it. it it's it's weird because mechanically this game is fun. I think a little overcomplicated a little bit. It's the packaging, I guess, where it's like, man, this is too much. And it's weird because they, they, they've arcadified it. We're like, yo, we have extra lives. But then you can fucking consume that extra life in a like shitty platforming section. I, I went into a fight that I should have had two extra lives with no extra lives because the platform before was kind of hard. I'm like, this is not fun. Like, I, I, Why is this in this game? I, I get putting lava on the bottom of a combat arena, but like, why is there a straight-up jumping puzzle that's going to consume my hard-fought four extra lives that don't do anything outside of combat? Like, they don't even add to your score as best I can tell. Like they're, they're just there to kind of like, Hey, you made the effort to get this. Cool. Well, you keep going in combat kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. The, the fact you can consume them platforming pisses me off. Like I know it's like a weirdly specific thing to be mad about, but it sucks. It just straight sucks that that's a thing in that game. Yep. Yeah. I can see that, but that's doom eternal. Like I, I I'm going to keep playing it. Obviously I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's, it's a real pretty game in motion. <laughs> Things murder real good in that game, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, what's it? Uh, new Horizon? New Worlds? It's not New Leaf. Uh, Animal Crossing game. Uh, I, I think this one also has some problems. Do tell. Mm -hmm. Go on. Okay, so I've I'm sure to start with this one. So uh, they have added a survival light mechanic to Animal Crossing. So uh, in Animal Crossing, it starts off with you are on vacation and you essentially decide to stay on this island. And uh, it, uh, 
keep track of the number of times I kind of make implications to colonialism and just kind of like taking an island for yourself because this game is maybe a tad problematic in that area, actually. <laughs> like mm. in a way that we'll get yeah. to a little bit later in a really uncomfortable way. But that's also just kind of like me being the dark, cynical person I am. But so uh, you start the game off in a tent. Uh, you have to do activities like catching fish, catching bugs, just doing stuff to work your way through. Tom, uh, sorry, Tom Nook has gone full Pablo Escobar in this game. Yeah. He, ha- he has literally trapped you on an island and will not let you leave until you do enough things for him. And then is like, yo, so um, you're on this island. That's cool. That's cool. Do you want to stay? Okay, cool. Here's a mortgage. Don't worry, I'll build it for you. Hey, um, now that you're living here, we should build a store. And you're going to do all the work for me on that one. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, go gather these materials for me. Those sound, those sound kind of a pain in the ass track down. Yeah, they are, they are. Build me a motherfucking store, bitch. That's probably... He's probably the one character in Animal Crossing that I wish would just die. I don't see why he's there. There's no reason for him to exist except to be a jackass. Well, and he's got his kids now, too. And so I would... So that's the thing. It's like, if I was to remove anything from Animal Crossing, he would be gone immediately. Yeah. Because I don't see he has a good use. He just... Uh, it's... Tom Nook you could is Tom make, Nook. I, it's like, you could like, have the same story and just not have him in it. Y- yeah. For me, he kind of ruins things. It's like, why would anybody put up with this incredible jackass? Well, and so like, this work gets kind of funny. So I, Jen, my wife, Jack, she's like, oh, I want to play Animal Crossing. I gave her a shot. She made it like a minute and a half into this game. She looked at me and was like, did Tom Nook just force me into like serfdom or something? And I'm like, yes, Tom Nook, <laughs> having no context to the Animal Crossing yeah. franchise prior to this. She's like, does Tom Nook own me now? Like, do I owe him a debt that I have to work off that he's going to keep piling debt upon? To keep being servitude, I'm like, yeah, that's how Animal Crossing works. Like, no context figured out the longest running joke about Animal Crossing, which is Tom Nook is a motherfucker. With no, like, I, I wish I could be like, oh, I was making jokes and she picked up on this. No, 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 no. This is all her being like, man, Tom Nook is a monster. Motherfucker. Yep. I, but so, like, the early part early part of the game I think is interesting because you get to put your house wherever you want which is nice and the game looks sharp as hell and you're constrained to initially a surprisingly small chunk of island I have yet to explore easily half of my island because it's either vertically up or past a chunk of water I can't get by and I think the game's actually okay in that regard they're not blocking you from anything but also it's a little bit of a Weird choice, in my opinion, but whatever. And so, like, and if you're playing effectively, efficiently, whatever the right word is, you'll get the ball rolling, and, like, within a day or two, you'll have the museum built and the store built, and you'll have stuff to do. You'll have a house. Like, things will be rolling. You can get into the Animal Crossing-ness of this. But again, like, remember, Animal Crossing happens in real time. So at least in the phase I'm in right now, it's very possible to get as far as you can in Animal Crossing in a day and then dead end with nothing to do except stockpile again 
and that kind of sucks, especially because I can't get to the majority of my island and want to be. And so then you find yourself engaging in the, like, if you take a step back and look at it, most problematic aspect of this game, which is when you get in, you go to the airport and you go and visit uninhabited islands. Like, so there's randomly generated kind of uh, nook biopass islands you can go to to farm for materials and stuff like that. And the game, without ever fully stating it, basically just says, fucking strip this island of everything. So I will show up with an axe and a shovel and just lay waste to these islands, like chopping down trees to get the wood, just digging everything up, leaving potholes everywhere. Every fish, every bug, I take them with me, like every piece of fruit. And there's often a villager you can recruit also on vacation on this island. So on one hand, you're welcome to come to your town. On the other hand, you're showing up to an island taking all their shit and then being like, yo, you should come to Tom Nook's new island, motherfucker. You want to die? Yeah, that seems real weird and bad. Yeah. It's it's weird because I just want to play Animal Crossing and the game I'm playing right now is like I've said before, man, I wish they'd put more of like Stardew Valley into this game. And it feels mm. like they put the wrong parts of Stardew Valley into it. Like you know, the, the tools you like, you have to make your tools first off, or buy them, and they will degrade. They will degrade over time with use. I don't hate that, but also it's kind of a I don't need this in Animal Crossing game. Like you can like if you get stung by bees too much, you now pass out, and like no progress is lost, but it's annoying. It's like oh, you got knocked out, and I'm like, but why? This isn't like this isn't that type of game. Why? Like I don't love the fact that I started off this game not able to cross like you can't go to everyone on your map. Why? Cuz there's no bridges initially and you have to make vaulting poles so you can cross uh rivers initially and I can't get up to the top of my map because that's above the elevation I can climb to right now. I'm assuming ladders happen in my near future. Like I I intentionally put the new Nick Nook store not in the central area on the hope that it forces the game to build a fucking bridge. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like it's, it's nice being outside in the digital air and far and starting a fruit tree plantation and catching bugs and fishing and stuff like that. Like, but it's, it feels like someone's like, yo, we have to reinvent Animal Crossing, but also, like, make it so eventually you get to the Animal Crossing everyone loves. And it, they've emphasized the importance of, like, the golden instruments or the the golden tools. I'm assuming those don't break anymore, or at some point they'll stop breaking as frequently. Like, and that's cool. That's a neat system for the game. But, like, I, it's got a real weird... So, like, you'll see a lot of memes right now of people just, like, their maps are covered in every fish and bug and whatever they've caught because the system to get them to blathers takes like two or three days to get set up and running. It's like, I think at a minimum you have to play three days, maybe four days before you can like officially list your town as visitable by other people without a friend code. Hmm. But I don't fucking know. It's, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm playing it in like two hours. This game has also made me realize just how fucking problematic the Switch's battery is. 
And maybe this game is like leaning into that aspect of things, but in handheld mode, that thing lasts two hours tops. <laughs> Excuse me, and it's it's weird because I think like it's the game also artificially time gates stuff in real weird, annoying ways. And yeah, I know I could start bumping into four of the time or something in my Switch, but yeah, it's too much effort for me, I guess. Right now, I I don't know. Yeah. Who wants to go next? Uh, I can go next. So, all right. This week has been a fucking week. So, um, for those of you who are not versed, I I work in local government, uh, specifically, you know, doing IT stuff and all that jazz. So, um, with the stuff that's been going on recently, uh, we've been full blast, full bore, like crazy getting stuff up and running for people who are going to start working remotely and all that stuff and oh it's been such a nightmare like we've gotten like based off our normal volumes uh we've gotten at least three almost four times the amount of normal calls and things like that as of like (laughs) all this stuff going on so we've been busy this whole week i've 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 uh I've literally had moments where I've like come home, said maybe like six words to like Mandy and gone to bed. Yeah. And like, it was, it's just been insane. So being able to like finally sit down this weekend and like sleep and just not do anything like has been amazing. So yeah, it's, I wish I had more fun stuff to report other than like, well, I have one thing that's kind of annoying, but I got to go switch out my after this podcast. I actually need to go to Lowe's and uh, pick up a new kitchen faucet because mine is leaking on the bottom when I run the water for a while. So mm, mine leaking on the bottom. So the the nut where the faucet is attached to at the top where the faucet actually pours water out from out will start to leak water, mm. but only when the water's running. So. Uh, and it used to be pretty light, but it's gotten worse now. So I need to do that switch out myself, and I'm dreading wanting to do it myself because I'm just feeling really fucking lazy about it. So, but it's cheaper if I do it. So I think that's what's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, no, it's been just a been a whole thing recently. This whole week has just been exhausting, and so, um. Yeah, like I actually had to dip out early on Friday for raid. I was like, you know what? It's it's not happening tonight. I gotta yeah. go and just knocked out because I actually worked a good chunk of overtime too this week. So yeah, um, we're hoping once things starts to slow down, I'll be working from home part of the week. They want to really push that, like, hey, social distancing, work from home thing. So, uh, but until things start to slow down, I'm I'm on the uh, we're definitely essential staff right now. Yeah, so. I hope you get um, there. It's been good for my mental yeah. health to not be having to go in. Mm. Yeah, no, it's been like it's it's not like it's not that I don't want to go to work. I definitely always want to go to work. Like I like the people I work with. Oh I like, no, it's like the anxiety company. of like if I talk to someone in physicality, will they give me a disease that like might or might not fuck my shit up? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're a little bit concerned about that for sure, but I know like. I feel bad for Mandy because Mandy's thing has also been pretty gnarly. I know. Um, so 
my girlfriend works in an animal hospital and they just passed the thing where they're canceling all elective surgeries for the foreseeable future right now. Mm-hmm. And that's like 50% of the hospital's income where she works at. Yeah. So that's a big hit. Plus, you know, her having to deal with people where they're like, Hey, call the hospital when you're outside. We'll walk to your car and get the dog and then collect the history over the phone. And then there are people who literally walk up to the door, read the sign, and then try to pull the door to walk in. Like, read, you fucking jackasses. Read the fucking sign. Kind of situations. So. Uh, yeah, it's been a thing. So. Uh, yeah, I wish I had more fun stuff to report this front, but no, I literally this, this week has been fucking exhausting. <laughs> um, on the plus side, though, I have to say the supermarkets and Costco's have not been bad here where I'm at in Oregon. So it's pretty nice to not see them literally lose their fucking mind. I mean, granted they're out of certain things, which makes sense, but still like people aren't like running around like monsters trying to collect stuff and hoard early on. So yeah, yeah, it's been pretty relatively calm here. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. I wish I had more fun stuff report, but that's, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. It's been a rough week. I know. I, yeah, I, I've been working from home and it's still been kind of rough on my end. Like it's it, part of why it's so much to say was I'm like, no, no, we're we're fucking diving into these games you can play right now because you have to. Yeah. So, but yeah, what about what about you, Henry? I'm I'm pretty much done with my report. Yeah. So I'm continuing to watch mainly a lot of anime. Really, I'm I'm watching uh, Inspector. It's it's a good show. It's pretty interesting. It's fun. It definitely does some unexpected turns, and and it has I don't know. It's it. There seem to be some interesting messages there. Um, I mean, uh, I think there's a little bit about ableism in it, but it's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. It's just interesting having a main character where. One of a couple of her distinguishing characteristics is she's missing an eye and a leg. And that's not something you find in main characters in general in anything I've ever watched or read. Like, how many things can you think of where the main character is actually like missing a limb? Period. Like, other than, you know, like. You know, I guess, you know, Star Wars, I guess, you know, there's a couple of people that, you know, have cybernetic limbs and stuff, but it's like anything set in the modern day where it's just like, this is just a person and one of the things they happen to have is a prosthetic of some mm. sort. That's uncommon. And I, and I kind of like that. And I like that they never treat her in the anime as anything less because of it. And that's, that's kind of nice. I, I kind of like that aspect of it. It's a, it's a sort of a, it's a characteristic, but it's a non-issue as well. They mention it sometimes, and it is talked about some, uh, but it's not like, uh, I like the way it's, I like the way it's dealt with and the way in some ways not dealt with at all, treated as, you know, pretty normal. So Mm. that's good. And I think that's very, very good. I think that's good representation in a sense. Um, I've been reading in uh, manga, so I've been reading a little more and reading just for fun, not just textbooks of programming, which <laughs> is 
wears <laughs> down on you. Gotta say, uh, I was reading something called uh, Sore de, Sore Demo Machi wa Mawateru, ma, Mawateru, and that it there's no great translation for it because it's a idiom. It kind of has a feeling of like the world goes on or the town. Well, I mean, I guess in this specifically, the town moves along or the world. It, there's there's not a good translation for the idiom. Um, but yeah, it's basically revolves around sort of a a very eccentric maid tea room. And the main character is like just kind of works there, but is also sort of a amateur detective. She just kind of stumbles upon mm. the fact that because she reads detective detective stories all the time, mm-hmm. she's actually pretty good at it. Um, and that's that's kind of interesting, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, that it's fun. It's it's mm, it's generally lighthearted. I haven't gotten very far in it though, but it's got a lot of volumes. Like that is, it's one of those ones that gets into the hundreds of volumes. So there's a lot to read there. So I'm looking forward to getting a little more into that. I'm enjoying it so far, but I don't know. I have no idea how serious it's ever going to get. Um, I haven't played anything new per se. I've been just continuing mostly with Destiny 2, to be honest. Um, one thing that is wearing down on me is they unlocking the bunker every day is dumb when it's exactly the same every single day. I think it changes week to week, actually, but it's very similar. And it's just like this. And this week's has just been annoying because so there's this sort of the the orb guys who can lend out basically invincibility to all the enemies around them. And that's what happens in the last room. Basically, everybody crowd, all the enemies crowd around the guy that can give them invincibility. And that's super annoying because that means you can't attack any of them. There's like 10 guys firing at you and you can't hurt any of them. And they're crowding around characters that basically are sort of hit point sandbags and you just fire into them. Luckily, I have... Well, I mean, my favorite weapon still for basically getting me through everything is Ariana's Val. And it's really good against people with shields. And these guys are shield guys. So, yeah, I've just been using that to take them down from distance. And that's that's not super fun, to be honest. Super fun to do the shield. Um, Do you have the rounds that let you make other weapons good against shields yet? Yeah, I do. But, I mean, it's it's... It's because Ariana's Val does so much more damage than everything else per hit. And just blam, I just like unload a clip into them and they're pretty much dead with with that weapon. If you're hitting them straight on. Oh, sure. Like uh, getting a precision hits. But yeah, and and I also, well, because, all right, so I went for the seasonal exotic, which is a series of missions. And one of them is you have to play one of the legendary versions of the of the uh lost sectors the legendary lost sector which is a new thing this season and one of them you have to play through a very specific one and so it's high level i'm yet what's that is that lost sector even out yet oh yeah i played through it wasn't out yet oh yeah it's it they're cycled through there they they cycle through but yeah i saw it just on the right day i guess 
And so I went in, went into it. I am a full 30, 35 light levels down from where you sh are recommended to be for it. And let's say it's real hard. And I basically run through most of it. And then in the last room, I used Ariana's Vow to snipe the boss and then sneak by all the rest of the people and pick up and basically pick up the box that you have to open the, you know, the vault, the treasure box you have to open to basically finish it. Yep, I basically cheated my way through it, essentially. I guess not cheat so much as just I used Ariana's Val very, very strategically to get me through the one section that like needed to be. coward is the right phrase or something. Not <laughs> yeah, coward, the, coward. Uh, excuse me, that, was, that sounded like some grade A strategery. Don't you shame yeah. him. <laughs> but essentially, the last boss is way easier to kill than, than the two sort of guards surrounding him in the last room. So those two guards, they infinitely heal themselves. You know, they're they're the, the overload, overload champions. Yeah. But because I don't really have great weapons, well, I mean, at the light level, my weapons aren't good enough to do meaningful damage to them. But the boss keeps whatever damage you did to them. Just gotta chip it. Yeah, and with the Iriana's Vow, it does more than chip it. It it takes it down pretty quickly. And so, and because it, the way it is, it's, you know, it just eats through shields. It worked wonders against the boss, so I just sniped the boss very carefully, because there, if you show your face at all, you just die instantly at my level. And sniped off the boss, and then snuck around behind everybody using, uh... I was using the yeah, I was using the 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 leg uh the leg armor, the the stompies to increase my speed even Bouncy more. Bouncy boy. Yep. And to be able to jump and bounce around a bit faster. And so I used that basically combined with the mobility my mobility stat jacked up to like ninety. And that that got me around them pretty easily. And so I used the combination of those two things to to just sneak in and grab the box and that's all you have to do and to solve it. So I have the fourth horse horseman now. It's it's an interesting it's it's kind of I don't know. It's weird. I could see it being really useful in some situations like I'm it's gonna say a boss melter. Yeah, it bo melts bosses. But it's not great against much other than that because no! the all right, it's an automatic shotgun, but the recoil is so stupid. It is like, I mean, if you hold the button down, it just like you'll you'll end up shooting straight to the sky. Like just just go a full like ninety degrees after you after you've let off all the shots. So, which works fine against a large target, but against anything other than like a very tall large target, every all like all but one of the shots is going to completely whiff. Like, you'll get one shot in on most, like, medium-sized Yeah, characters. it is a gun made... It, it's always been like this, too. It's a gun from D1. It has always been intended to shoot large things. But yeah, it's... So, yeah, it's got limited use. Uh, like, I don't see myself ever using it outside of a boss. And I have weapons that I have more fun against bosses with, so I don't know how much I'm going to actually end up using it. Like, uh... I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of different guns that are pretty good at bosses, like the uh, the Sturm and Drang pairing that can melt a boss if you've been storing up your your bullets, your 
power bullets on it for a while. Like, often I'll get to the end of the strike and I'll have, like, 50 of the power bullets in stock still. And I just melt all every bosses and everything around them. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how useful the fourth horseman's going to be. Uh, it's, Fun concept. It's very but... powerful in certain builds. It's The game has always had a couple weapons that are designed to be boss melters. Uh, it's... It's a strike weapon, meaning like you're you're gonna put it in your inventory and maybe not even equip it till like the end of the strike. We're just it's designed to power run. It's a speedrunner weapon. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I picked up Black Talon. That's a fun sword, exotic sword. It's a it has the ranged power attack. That's pretty powerful. That's very powerful. Your best Inuyasha impression. Yeah, I can see kind of how. It was super powerful in PvP. Like, I've heard, you know, that it had been used in PvP a good bit for a while. Is Yeah, you pick up your heavy ammo and then you can just fire away with a really crazy powerful sword. So, yeah, that's fun. But, yeah, I didn't really get to playing any other games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I will mention that I, I have been continuing to play... King of Fighters All-Star. And finally, finally, they've released my favorite character. Which one? Um, Leona. Oh, Leona. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't been playing recently on that one, so I was curious to see which one it was. Yep, they finally released normal Leona. Like, uh, the not the uh, Orochi Leona. And she's always been my favorite character. She's always been my anchor for my, like, championship teams. But yeah, she they released her where with on their special thing where they have a roulette wheel where you can have a chance at like getting her main card, her super ability, and as well as just getting more of her uh souls, the Leona souls that you use to limit break her. Oh. And uh so yeah, um if you like Leona, real good time right now to get back on KOF All Star. Is I'm like, I'm just like finally my anchor character, my main character, finally have her. I'm very happy about that. Because I did manage to get her. Uh I basically got enough souls to buy her. That's another kind of mechanic in with the game where if you just get enough souls during this limited time, you can buy her. But I end up just using the roulette wheel to get her special attack, her final attack. Like, just, I just got it, her special card. And so, that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Because she's the one character I've been wanting more than any other character. And finally, they just, they just decided to put her in for the two-week special roulette wheel time. So, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, I have pretty much stopped playing the Sega Heroes because that just wasn't fun. Bad job, Sega. A little bit exploity. Oh yeah, like I said, it is just it's just the worst type of freemium game. Whereas All Star is almost too generous, I would say. I <laughs> I have so many like action points and like rubies. All of pretty much, I have so much of all of their sort of things that. I can buy whatever I want in that game. Like, it's I don't have to really put much money into it at all. 
So it's 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 the rare one where it's just ridiculously generous with everything if you just log in every day that's all it takes or just not even every day but just if you just log in with any regularity it just throws everything at you here's lots more of literally everything so i, yeah. I will agree with you on that one yeah like you do you, you can seriously get by really easily and make super high level characters and not spend a dime on it you know that at this point i've probably spent about i don't know seven or eight bucks on it you know, just on little stuff because I enjoy the game and yeah. You it's, do it on an Android or an iPhone? I've been playing it on my PC using an Android uh, stack. Oh. So, because it is so hard on my phone. It is not well optimized. It burns through my battery. Oh okay. God, it burns through my battery. I was going to say, if you do the Google Play surveys or whatever thing they have on there, they give you like basically cash for doing they're like oh did you go to this store yeah did you do this yeah oh yeah and yeah you do that and i've been using that funding to pretty much pay for anything i do buy in that game yeah yeah it's a uh, yeah it's a well done game it's not well programmed i'll say that it is the fact that the menus still eat through batteries i mean it's it is yeah it is not well optimized but it's is, but as far as the mechanics of the game, the way the whole ecosystem works, really good, really generous. So yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my week. So cool. Yes, it's time for some news. I suppose it is. That's all this week, Alex. <laughs> it's been a rough week. It's fair. Our news blotter thing is depressed, apparently. Uh, let's get the most what the fuck news just out of the bat first because wow on this one uh, let's talk about GameStop quickly mm. we have a oh, whole yeah. GameStop <laughs> corner this time yeah I, mean, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even want to start with this one so we'll start at the beginning because it's just dumb uh, actually no uh, So I'm not sure you're listening to this from dear listener. Uh, me and Henry live in a state currently under what's referred to as sh- uh, cur- uh, currently under shelter in place, meaning unless you absolutely need to leave your house, don't. And unless you absolutely need to be open as a business, don't. It's a bit of a weird situation to live in, but initially this started off kind of with a bit of a weird moment when GameStop decided to sell Doom Eternal a day early for quote safety reasons not a terrible idea in some ways like if if your thing coming mm-hmm. out this week specifically on friday of this previous week yeah maybe break the street date like on a universal scale so that people can get the games before things get worse not not the worst logic it was well, <laughs> I, I think maybe it's because doom eternal and all that were coming out together at the same time maybe they wanted to reduce the crowd size of people coming to pick up two yeah games no that's, that's what one. i'm getting at like the idea of do of taking steps to reduce the number of people that they would be exposed to the pickup window or something not a bad move it's it's what happens next that kind of makes that whole situation suspect because oh yeah uh so at this point story you're kind of sitting here going like okay good guy game stuff i Yes. Okay, cool, whatever. Mm. It's not clear if they got authorization to do this even or anything like that, or just chose to break the street date. So 
keep that in mind as we move forward through this. So, and then the other COVID-19 coronavirus stuff started to roll in. Uh, they start, they suspended the trade-in games program for nine days. Not, again, the worst idea, but okay. And then GameStop started trying to act as though it was essential retail. Yeah. All right. So more on that. Essentially, a lot of the rules that have been rolled out by different states so far as have been basically saying only essential services get to stay open. And usually that means like grocery stores. Yeah. Like that's the, I, really the primary thing. I, really. If and you're there, sitting there if, listening to this going, what's an essential services and or retail? If you probably think it's essential, like your fucking lip balm company, they don't need to be open, but like grocery stores, power company, internet provider, gas stations, maybe My essential oil company? My essential oil company? No, Alex, your essential oil company needs to essentially be closed at all times, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a common sense sort of a thing. They have, you know, they've... They haven't said specific stores. Ah, uh, they have actually. But, well, some in some cases they yeah, have. Cali, they've been we have very a list. specific. It's a weird list. Yeah. So it's Beat like shops yeah. are on the list. Yeah, but you know what's not on there? Video game stores. Video game. And so it wasn't like GameStop employees were sitting there being like, "We're essential. We need to open." This is GameStop corporate that went, "We are essential." You need to, we need to stay open, and the employees were not fucking having it. Yeah, because you were hearing reports that like, yeah, they want them to be open, but they're not giving them the supplies they need to maintain like safety while being open. They're not getting any like, you know, sanitation wipes. They're not getting you know disinfectants and things like that. They're not providing them with any of that shit, which is a problem. And. The story kind of starts to come to an end where I so that as part of this whole kind of uh, shelter at home thing we're doing here in California, turns out GameStop stores were shut down. GameStop stores, not shores, were shut the fuck down. Rest of the country has not followed suit just yet, but hey, it, it so, looks like maybe GameStop's not essential retail. So, but yeah, this, they, this story expands a little bit more, actually. Yeah. Uh, so. This- I guess, uh, well, uh, Henry, do you want to go first on that one? Uh, well, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you kind of broke this, so go ahead. Okay, so uh, apparently Pennsylvania's governor was not having any of that shit and temp- temporarily suspended their business license, meaning they couldn't open and operate at all, period. Like, they're like, no, dog, like, we're saying non-essential, and if you're going to try to pull this, we're essential. It's like, okay, we're pulling your business license. So in Pennsylvania, their business license got pulled. So... I'm okay yeah. with this. <laughs> yep. And then I guess it moved on and they announced uh, yesterday that starting today, all of them are being shut down. So, yep. yeah. Looks like they finally followed suit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They tried to act like, yeah, they tried to act like, no, we're essential. So that they could get around the idea of, you know, maybe just giving people enough emergency sick leave instead of, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just in so many ways, it's just an obvious attempt to just it's just a greed, greedy, thoughtless thing that GameStop was trying to pull off. Yeah. So I guess they're yeah, they they closed up just all their stuff right now, at least. Well, scratch that. They're still doing their digital sales, online sales and curbside pickup. 
it looked like. But yeah, in Pennsylvania, the fact that they got their permit license pulled was, I think it's pretty fucking big. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I saw was like, considering GameStop situation, if they close their doors, there's a very good chance those doors will never open again. Yeah. Due to like where yeah. they are financially to begin with. So, yep. so this is just yeah. them literally trying to squeeze the teeth, if you will, of any last possible means of money. Because after this, it's it's there's a good chance they're just done. There's no way they're going to reopen. I mean, what, considering that so much of their money really and truly did come in through their their resales, you know, their used sales, and that's not a thing on an online uh, that they would have no. really on on their their online system. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So yep. Yeah. That's the GameStop corner. Uh, and- and what a corner it is. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The, the, the amount of GameStop standing going on right now, I've seen on certain pockets of online, has just been <laughs> straight up fucking magical. <laughs> like, we need GameStop. I'm like, no, no one needs GameStop. It's like, like, no, not really. Yeah. Uh, on a similar topic, and we'll wait to see if this gets weird on us, but for now it seems innocuous. Uh, Razer, maker of uh, Chroma, Light Up, gaming keyboards, and other stuff, for depending on how you look at them, either way too much fucking money to, yeah, that's a cool looking thing, I guess. I own three of these mice already. Might as well go in a fourth. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> wait, own what? Nothing. Uh, they're making surgical masks. Uh, it's so. It's not just them doing it. Lots of places that um, have some type of system set up in place to do fabric manufacturing are choosing to kind of repurpose that into the process of making surgical masks for hospitals. So hell, if you work at, if you live at home and have a sewing machine, you can be doing that right now too. I think at this point, but it's neat to see razors out there doing that. I, you will see a lot of like razor branded surgical masks floating around right now. Images of that; those aren't real. Razor is not selling you a black and neon green surgical mask. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows they're RGB now. Fuck. I, come on. <laughs> the pink one. But yeah, so don't be misled into thinking that Razor's now selling a premium gaming face mask. No, they're they're just not just. They they are they're not selling something. They're just repurposing their kind of textiles aspects of the brand to help out with the crisis. Which is good. At the same time, if you'd like to buy a razor branded face mask, you can contact me at uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. So you have a limited run of them. They're definitely not made in my basement. <laughs> uh, next up on our heavy hitters list this week, we got the PS5. We got the full tech specs on it. So. Yes. There's some interesting changes here, and and as well some huge, huge like jumps in capability. So, and so I was not kind of intro into this a little bit better than we just did. And so before we get to it, we do not have even real images of what the PS5 looks like. Again, all we have is the logo now and this list of tech specs. This was supposed to be a GDC thing, is the understanding. So it's mm-hmm. very kind of tech developer facing as opposed to consumer facing. So to a certain extent, the majority of us listen to this podcast. These will be cool numbers to know, but they don't really mean that much in the should you or should you not buy a PS5 category of life. 
But with that being said, Henry, you want to break down these specs for us and why they're important? All right. So for the cores, for the CPU, we've got to, I mean, so PlayStation for the last two, like for four and and now for five, I guess they're going, been going with the AMD, uh, with the AMD architectures for both the chips and for the graphics chips, for both the CPU and for the graphics chips. And so they're moving from the Jaguar core to a Zen 2 core. And that's actually a pretty big jump. That's like a skipping a generation of the Zen 1. And so that's a pretty big jump. Uh, that just means it's a different CPU architecture. And and it's way faster. I mean, it's it's going to be a much faster one. It's a 3.5 gigahertz. And so it's still 8 core. And that's kind of where the top end CPUs are at. And so, but that is like a couple of generation jump from the PS4 to PS5. The GPU is seeing a similar thing, except it's even a bigger jump, I would argue. It's like a minimally, a like almost 10 times more powerful GPU. And so, all right, so the way teraflops, so what a teraflop, essentially, it's about floating point operations. And for anybody that's actually done sort of programming on a lower level, floating point operations are the most expensive operations. They're just by far way harder to do floating point than to do integer operations. So floating point generally for division, anything involving anything similar to division, doing division mathematically with floating point is very, very expensive. And this one does has 10 times the teraflops. And so that's that's a massive, massive, like, you know, base 10 improvement for for the ability to do floating point operations. And the reason that's important is all 3D calculations are floating point operations. All of them. All the operations that have to do with anything having to do with 3D calculation of where it is in space, how it's going to move, everything is going to involve floating point numbers. And so being able to do 10 times more per second is massive for the 3D pipeline. It's just a huge jump up. And a lot of and some of that has to do with the GPU architecture basically doing a, a by the same aspect jumping a hopping over a generation going from the GCN to the RDNA2. And so one of the bigger changes between them is there is some new computing type of units. Uh, there's a lot more stuff using single cycle instructions. And so in the GCN, one instruction is, is issued every four cycles, but in but the RDNA issues one instruction every one cycle. So an instruction is just like, say, uh, you know, change this change where this thing was in the 3D, you know, change the position of this thing, you know, you, you know, you move from one place to another. That's, you know, that's kind of like a cycle instruction. It'd be more like add something or subtract something or divide something, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's huge. That's a, that's a quadruple jump in, in speed. Another thing that they're allowing is a slightly smaller wave, wave front size which has to do with these sounds like the essentially it, it's it, it can has to do with sounds, but it's more about sort of uh, it, there again, it's it's not to go too much in the technical side, but it just means 
now we can kind of do a group of operations a little bit faster. But so there's a lot of huge jumps. I mean, you can see that basically in the memory bandwidth, which means how much, how many instructions can we send at the same time, as well as how many textures could we send through this graphics card at the same time? How many, how much can we write to the car, to the hard drive, or just to memory at the same time? Our memory bandwidth has quadrupled. So there's a massive jump in the capabilities. I mean, just immeasurable jump in the capability of this system to run better 3D games. Uh, I'd have to say the other big change is definitely they're moving to uh, solid state hard drives. And so that's, they're just, there's no comparison on how much faster a solid state is than a, than a traditional disk-based drive. I have, that's what I use in my own system. I have a... I have a fairly sizable one now. I have like a terabyte one in my system now. And yeah, it's immeasurably faster than whenever I used any sort of a, a normal disk drive. So there are multiple reasons why the PS5 is going to be a pretty big jump from the PS4. It's just they've... They're... Like I said, they're basically skip, skipping a generation when it comes to the CPU and the GPU, and it's just and just from that, it's going to be in some ways could be as much as ten times faster. So I mean, really, the GPU change is a big one, and if it if they can fully take advantage of it with the programming, I mean, it's you you're going to see games that look even better running at the same speed as the games on the PS4. So there's a lot of lot of interesting stuff here, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to go too far into the technical stuff, but I just wanted to kind of get into wh how, why and how is this going to be faster. And it's definitely going to be faster. So, yeah. But, yep, that's some interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any of you have anything to say on that? Nah, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Once tech specs start getting thrown around, like it's my eyes just kind of glaze over, and my only question I have is, is it faster than the one I already own? Yes, meaningfully so. Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, you got my money, probably. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the GPU, the uh, upgrade in the graphics card is a big one, and that's really what matters more than anything. Than even the CPU. The GPU is really the workhorse for these game systems. And as always, the most important takeaway from this is the chart that just shows the two consoles side by side with the phrase, get the fucking one you were gonna get previously. Specs don't matter that much. They're cool. Okay. They're both pretty comparable. Yeah. As far as between the PS5 and the Xbox X. But which one is premiering in 4K? World exclusive. 4K. Aren't both? <laughs> 4K, yeah, world exclusive. Though, right? I, Those are the keywords from E3 last are, year. Are you just saying 4K? <laughs> 4K. 4K. They don't think it'd be like it is, but 4K. I fair. Is life 4K at this point? <laughs> yeah, you could say 4K, I guess. I'd be okay with 1080p, in all honesty. Just kind of smooth out some rough edges. We need, mm -hmm. some, we need some 60 frames per second. Man, if we get that texture pack to drop in reality, that'd be real cool. <laughs> That'd be great. And that security updates are all immune to Corona. 
Uh, but yeah, that's your um Final Fantasy, not not Final Fantasy, yeah, your PS5 update, teardown, breakdown, GDC talk summarized. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on from that, uh, some slightly more tangible news. Uh, the physical copies of Final Fantasy VII are probably going to get delayed for delivery because of COVID-19. Side yep. note, why the fuck are you still buying physical copies of games in the situation we're in right now? Limit who's coming to your door to deliver shit. Yep. Side, side note, what year is this that we're buying physical copies of Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go down to the EB games and pick a cup of coffee. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard about that new company, Amazon? They deliver books. Yeah. So I'm going down to my local Funko land and picking up my coffee. (laughs) I go to Cricket Wireless or something. Although I'm curious, I may rent it from Blockbuster first. Before I commit to check it out. Is it really enough time? Is it? Is it? Won't it be too long to effectively rent from Blockbuster or Hollywood Video? No. <laughs> I, on a side note, another side note, I definitely miss Hollywood Video more than I would ever miss Blockbuster. Oh, Hollywood Video, yes! That was another good one. We're old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not. You two are. Shut up, old man! You're old just like the rest of us. No, I'm younger. By definition, I'm not old like the rest of you two. You're old <laughs> like the rest of us. Speaking of old and busted, uh, let's talk about World of Warcraft, Alex. Yeah, buddy. So I, I, I'm not gonna pretend to understand why this is a big issue. So, uh, tell me why this is a big issue. Okay, so Blizzard, in their great mindset, decided that we're gonna add this one system that is really fucking annoying. Uh, in terms of having to grind out and make it the essential requirement for all your alts. And it's not easy shit to farm. So they had this thing going on that when the new patch would hit, they should just release account-wide essences. So if you have unlocked an essence in World of Warcraft or on one character, you can unlock it with other characters, saving you a huge amount of time to grind, therefore making it alt-friendly. They said when they were talking about the patch, we're never going to do that. It's not a good idea. We want to maintain the individuality of the character of this and that, which is a bullshit argument because you have account-wide mounts and other transmogs and things like that. So they're kind of full of shit when it comes to that. But anyway, they were super hard on like, no, we're not going to do account-wide essences. Well, this past week, they released account-wide essences, um, which is the one thing people really fucking wanted. So I'm glad they finally decided to listen to the crowd but i think it also coincides with the fact that they uh they know more people are staying in and not going outside and i guess to kind of cash in on that opportunity they also released a 100 percent additional experience buff while you're leveling characters in the game so if you ever wanted to wake work on an alt now's the time to do it um but it also just speaks on the fact that like there was a twitter account that was dedicated to hounding blizzard about account wide essences and the uh, Ian Kazanokas finally posted, like, all right, your watch has ended. Your account is <laughs> So, yeah, this is just, yeah, it's just more companies doing little things here and there for the sake of keeping people indoors. And so I, I'll give Blizzard this one. But yeah. So if you want to level up an alt, now's your chance. Mm. 
They need to be playing World of Warcraft though too. So yeah. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the, the other thing is you would be playing World of Warcraft. So bear that in mind. I'm fully aware of the fact that when Fantasy Star Online 2 actually comes out in the U.S., I'll be in the same situation as you with Matrix Online. We're just me being <laughs> like, it's real fun. But yeah, I'm aware of the problems. The anime titties are a bit of a problem in this game, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Why'd you make your character like this? Because anime. I don't want to stand <laughs> out in a world of anime. Mm. Uh, you want to talk to the Nintendo? Uh, sorry, the Nintendo Indie World of Nintendies? <laughs> call them that's what they call them i think actually i think those are nintendo branded chicken nuggets or like chicken strips nintendies nindies they had a fun cute name for their whole process on that stuff or their whole branch of that thing uh yeah this one's pretty quick Uh, nintendo had a direct they're getting some more indie games coming to the switch bunch of them are timed exclusives yeah and that's the interesting part that these are going to be at least console exclusives some of them are already on PC, are going to be on PC, but as far as the consoles go, only the Switch, at least for now. So, Exit the Gungeon, uh, which Enter the Gungeon, it's the you know the sequel to Enter the Gungeon. It's now going to be a timed Switch exclusive. Um, it was on Apple Arcade for weird reasons. Why? But whatever. Now it's a timed Switch exclusive as well. Um, there's a just. A, just some sort of you know, mixture of different indie games that are going to be also console exclusives. Uh, Baldo, I Am Dead, Bark, just B.Arc, I don't know. Maybe it's called Bark, I don't know. Cyanide and Happiness game. Cyanide and Happiness, Freak Apocalypse Part 1, Summer of Mara, and Eldest Souls. And so, yeah, you could... You can kind of check them out for yourself, see what looks interesting. It's a mixture of games. It's a mixture of many different types of games. You've got some sort of more RPG-ish ones, some ones that are just more sort of just play, just play the game. There's a lot more than that. I mean, if you check out how many were on there, there's actually quite a few, like Dicey Dungeons, which we've been enjoying on the PC for a while, is finding its way onto the Switch as well. Um, Pixel, Pixel Junk's... Eden 2, a uh, Blair Witch game for some reason. I guess that's a thing. Um, we're gonna see moving out ported to Switch. But yeah, there's a yeah, there's there's a mixture of different types of games on there, and I think uh, yeah, I think it's uh, but yeah, I think the interesting thing is the ones that they've been announcing. At least several of them are going to be exclusive to the Switch as far as consoles go. But yeah, eight. Hey. I do enjoy myself an indie game. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some industry news, I guess, for a little bit. Uh, the Independent Games Festival has come to an end. We got some winners out of that. Uh, most and no- so... I was going to say, most notably a game that Henry's been talking about for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, so I've been playing a short hike, and that walked away with the grand prize as well as the audience award. And that just goes to show you, this is a really good game. It's short. It's very short. If you just try to rush your way through it, I'm taking my time through it. And there's just a lot of fun details to it. It's just good. It's a well-made, fun game with some fun mechanics to it. And it's an enjoyable experience. Mm. But yeah, it walked away with the 
kind of the grand prize and the audience award, so well done there. Other winners include, all right, so excellent in excellence in visual art, Knights and Bikes by Foam Sword, excellence in audio, Mutazion. I'm kind of familiar with that game. I haven't really played it. Some of these I haven't played at all. Uh, excellence in design, Patrick's Parabox. Excellence in narrative, Heaven's Vault. That game is cool. That's an interesting game. It's 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 one of the few games I've played that's about. I'm not well, one of the only games I've heard that's like you play an archaeologist straight up. You just play an archaeologist, and you're discovering stuff, and it's cool. It has a cool narrative to it, and that one excellence in narrative. But also the art style is real neat. I I think it's very cool. Very cool game. The Nuovo Award. Uh, the Space Between, Christoph Frey. Best Student Game, Boredome by Goblin Rage. But yeah, uh, some really great games. Really, really fantastic games on the, for this year. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I've been playing the one that walked away with the uh, top prizes. So that's pretty cool. But congratulations cool. to all the winners. Yeah. Yeah. Where to go from here? Um, I guess we'll finish it off with the weird one this week. Ah, in <laughs> FIFA 20 news. Um, this is just never weird. thought we'd say on this podcast. Is, what? <laughs> something we never thought we'd say on this podcast, considering how often we don't play FIFA. Well, also yeah. the amount of time we've spent ragging on FIFA to a certain extent. <laughs> All right, yeah. so uh, like many sports, the, uh, the the season has been canceled for lots of things. Including soccer, I, does FIFA have a season going on right now or no? I don't actually they, know. So they have diff- several different seasons depending on like where you are. Yeah, it's like yeah. They, like the UK and, and Europe has their own kind of interleague, and then you have like you know South America, Central America have their own leagues here and there. So they do have their yeah. own like seasonal tournaments as as the time goes on throughout the year. Okay. So, yeah. Well, so yeah. the um the. La Liga League, uh, a Spanish soccer league, will be playing uh, the rest of their season, all of their season. I don't fucking know. A season of of soccer live, assumably, well, has to be live, but like streamed and all that jazz via FIFA 20. And I'm not talking yeah. like they're putting like Jimmy and Kyle in IT versus Carl and Nancy from the other teams IT. They're putting the players in control of themselves. I assume. In the game. Yeah. Yeah. And so they've already tried this out. So there is a, what we sometimes refer to as a, as a derby or derby in soccer. Uh, whenever two teams that are kind of rivals from the same city play each other. And so in this case, Real Betis and Sevilla were supposed to play each other in real life, but they played on FIFA 20 instead. And so each side picked their sort of, player that was going to represent them in the represent the team and play the game so they picked one player each the sort of their you know their main person their best fifa player obviously they picked their best fifa player to play against against each other and that was pretty cool sevilla chose their a defender sergio regulion while betis picked their striker borja iglesias uh, and the interesting thing with that is uh, Iglesias managed to score the winner 
<laughs> as playing as himself like as in like because you can switch when you're playing the game you switch around between all the players whatever but yeah. like he actually made the winning goal as himself and that's kind of cool but yeah there's some pretty good commentary for it and uh yeah so yeah you have the actual pro players <laughs> playing playing uh fifa and now the entire after that trial run the in all of la liga will be doing that for a sort of in-house tournament instead of the normal season playing through they're going to turn it into a tournament essentially which yeah, I, which I thought was I think is really cool because it's been done with a couple other sports games before. Like I remember hearing about like uh, NBA people doing that, where they would just have the computer AI play and do some stuff or whatever. But like having the actual players play is the next level, I think, which is really fucking neat. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Like it's just it's adapting to the situation, and I think it makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah, at least people will get something out of it. And there again, a lot of, you know, people enjoy a good distraction from what's going on. And, you know, this will be a good one. And yeah, I, <laughs> but I do think it's interesting that they are getting the actual, like, players to play for them. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I recognize a lot of these players because I watch a little, I, I'm the kind of the soccer watcher of the trio here. And so, yeah, I kind of keep up with this stuff. and. Yeah, I think it's definitely this 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 crisis is is causing some interesting stuff to 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 you know in some cases like this this is fun this is you know this is some kind of fun news and yeah so yeah this is gonna be pretty cool but yeah I think uh, yeah I I'll probably try to catch some of these games just for the sake of hearing some of the commentary going on them but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, this is the thing that's going to happen. Yeah, I would love to see because I don't know if, if if I missed it on there, but it'd be really cool if they can get some of these actual like commentators from the soccer matches to like be a part of it and actually try to commentate it. It sounds it they it seems like they did that for the match that went oh, on. Did they? Oh, okay, between uh between the first two teams that kind of tried it out. That'd be really yeah. yeah i it's just yeah a new age or at least a you know trying some things out so yeah i think it's i it's just kind of i don't know i think to me it's just it's kind of unbelievable it's fascinating but yeah i mean instead of doing it sort of an unofficial thing where like there's a twitch channel that's been playing uh tecmo super bowl just having ais play each other essentially mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah this in this case their actual players are going to be playing it. I mean, the NBA, I wonder if the NBA is going to look to do something similar now, you know? Well, I know fans have already started playing out the, uh, having the AI play out some matches. I think. And yeah. that's been a thing before. I do also remember actually, um, I don't know if you were, I didn't think I, I had met you prior to, or at least can't recall. Um, I did an extra life event a couple of years ago. Um, and there were these guys that had created custom wrestling characters in like one of the wrestling games for the WWE and held like a pay-per-view event where all they did was commentate based off matches from their created wrestling characters, which I thought was such a unique and really <laughs> cool way to do it. Yeah. And like it's at the time I was like, this is a little bizarre, but I gotta admit it's kinda cool. Now it just given the current climate and things with you know, at what we're going with at the moment like it makes sense it's kind of a cool way to do it and like 
if you can get actual players involved, like the actual players of the sports balls, that's a good idea. Yeah. I think it's really fucking cool. It is a pretty common thing where there are quite a few pro athletes who play the virtual version of their games. That's increasingly common now. Yeah. Like, lots of soccer players play FIFA. So, yeah. I would hope so, because I'm sure they write to FIFA and be like, what the fuck? Why are my stats so low? <laughs> I'm just picturing someone being like, man, I'm real good in this game. Why am I not this good in real life? <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but someone in the uh, La Liga team would like to announce their inclusion of Kyle. Kyle from IT. <laughs> Kyle yeah. from IT. What an MVP. Yeah. Leading the team to 13 goals season. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad in soccer. I really don't. 13 goals in the single game is stupid. Yeah, I said season, but I don't know oh, if that's season. good or bad either. That's not a great season. No, that's that'd a be, horrible season. For a striker, that'd be a terrible season. For a midfielder, depending on what type of midfielder. Kyle plays goalie, so it's very impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be weird. But, uh, all right, and our, our our last but not least of news this week, mostly because I still think we're getting trolled with it. Like, I don't believe it's real, even though I watched the videos it came out of. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure to intro this one, because what the fuck? So uh, during a White House press conference, um, Dr. Deborah Burks, uh, admit, uh, someone involved in the Corona Task Force, you know, that thing we've been kind of not talking about for a couple weeks. Talked about fucking speed running. Yeah. And how it's important. It's more about the importance of, like, she's trying to say that millennials should be taking the threat of infection seriously because millennials are really creative. But the way she stated that was specifically because like millennials have brought us innovation, especially in speed running. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like, yeah. wow, that's kind of crazy <laughs> that speed running has made this sort of mainstream discourse. I, you know what? Normally I'd be like, okay, but given how every time there's always a problem with video games, it's always, they cause violence and this and that. The fact that they're giving us the olive branch of being like, hey, look, they tend to be really creative with figuring out solutions. I'll, I'll I'll accept that. Let's go with that. That's a good that's yeah. a good positive way to kind of like go with this, and yeah. I, I'm all for it. Like that's, I'm yeah. down with that. It's just interesting. Like I said, is just hear about speed running being spoken about in a very mainstream way in a very mainstream channel. I mean, you can't get more mainstream than just like the actual federal government of a of a country. So, yeah. Kind of, kind of weird and fascinating, but also interesting that that's that's one of the things used as an example of millennial inventiveness, speed running. Well, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. I go speed runners, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere out there, Rom Scout is like, yes, done. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's been streaming again recently. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, I'm wondering, I haven't checked yet, but I'm wondering if he's streaming the mobile version of Symphony of the Night, because that just came out not too long ago. No, he's been he's been doing the uh, 
well, he's been doing the randomizer for Symphony of the Night. He's been doing races with the randomizer. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. Which is real cool. It's <laughs> kind of cool to see him making his way through a randomized CV, uh, you know, Symphony of the Night. So, yep. Huh. But yeah, it's because, I mean, you know, he's, you know, he has been working, you know, for Twitch mainly. But yeah, now he's... You know, working at home, so find a little more time to stream. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <sighs> what a that, weird fucking timeline. We what a in. fucking week, yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking backwards, like, where was I last week on this podcast mentally? And I'm like, this like it was months ago at this point. I checked the time, like, no, it's been a oh, legit week. Yeah. Uh, you remember when the news was like, oh my gosh, Activision's at it again, or oh, Bethesda, oh, Fallout 76, oh, you guys. Hell, remember back when we were betting on when they were going to cancel E3 because of that outbreak in China, and now it's that outbreak in the entire world? Yeah. Go uh, risk playing Jumanji. Finish your fucking game. So we can go Ooh, back. Yeah. Don't steal the internet's jokes. No! <laughs> I'm going to steal all the fucking jokes. I'm a shit poster. That's what I do. Thank yes. For, for, for that pause, I was like, oh god, he really does think I'm a shitposter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I do. That, that, there was no unintentional pause there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that brings us to the end of our news segment. Normally we'd have emails here, but I think for justifiable reasons, no one wrote in this week. Uh, if you want to send us an email, let us know how you're doing, have any questions for us. Really, we will talk about almost anything at this point we've established in this section, so if you want to send something weird in, go for it. Uh, what's that email address, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com What's that email again, Alex? That is uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com Spells it sounds down in the show notes. Etcetera, etcetera. Send them in. Feel better about yourself, etc. Have some social contact via email. Yeah. That does it for this week, boys. Um, anything you want to talk about before we close this one out? And I definitely don't go back to playing Doom and or Animal Crossing instead of editing the podcast. <laughs> uh, not really. I've, I've just. I'm randomly posting dumb shit on my social media, so check me out. Sure. And I've online. posted more to Twitter in the last couple weeks than I have in, like, years. Yeah. So, it's Mave Online across the board. Again, Mave Online. Yeah. I am Cracked Zero, that's Z-E-R-0, and that is on Facebook and Instagram. And, yeah, I haven't really been posting lately. I just, I don't know. But, you know, might start streaming again, considering that, you know, it's just, you know, more for more social interaction. <laughs> so, and I'm sure everybody else is thinking the same, you know, thinking of similar things. And I'll probably not even be streaming gaming. I might be streaming cooking or costume making at this point. But anyways, that's, uh, you, I'll be, if I do that, I'll be posting it on, before I do it, I'll put it on my social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram, so catch me there. That's pretty much it for me. Yeah. So, so did anybody send you any any mail? Any drawings, perhaps? No. <laughs> Bullshit, Again, I, I think mail. 
There's I'm, mail. You're there's hiding not, it from me. Oh. I, I think some uh, recent goings on and people figuring out the work from home lifestyle and the oh god, I actually have to like budget stuff and what do you mean I can't postmates all my meals anymore lifestyle has led to a bit of a reprioritization of where um art assets that people generously generate for this podcast fall. Yeah. I'll yeah. just I'll just draw some stuff myself and send it to you, Charlie. But yeah, you know, send us in like maybe, you know, if you've got a game that you've been playing that maybe people hadn't heard about, you know, you know, tell us. You know, we can we'll talk about it yeah. if you want to send us an email about that. I mean, definitely. I mean, for any reason, obviously we'll we'll apparently talk about everything. Uh including like, you know, weird hockey phrases. Yeah. So so yeah, send it in. I think we're this week is warm yep. all that. I think yeah. I think it's time to call it. Jen, what do you think? Yeah, I. 195 in the back. Cue the middle.